Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Live with CDP podcast on this uh, Thursday, March 3rd. And just starting a few minutes early, but I'm looking forward to my uh, guest tonight, Aaron Sanders. He's the online uh, play-by-play voice of the NBL of Canada's Windsor Express. He's also a public address announcer for the Windsor Lancers in Windsor, Ontario. And he's also now a radio board operator for CKL W800 in Windsor as well. And tonight he's going to come on and talk about the return of the NBL of Canada and uh, doing his first game in two years uh, this past Saturday night against the uh, London Lightning. So um, I'm looking forward to speaking to Aaron. This is his uh, fourth appearance on my podcast. And this is actually my 124th podcast show. So 124 podcast show in two years. And this is his fourth appearance. And this is also season three of Live with CDP uh, and episode 13 tonight. So just bear with me and I'm going to bring on the uh, online voice of the Windsor Express, Aaron Sanders. Hey, Aaron, how you doing? Good evening. I'm doing good. Well, picture this. The magic number is four. Your 124th episode, my fourth time here. Uh, we got to find something else that goes in fours. They say everything comes in threes, but let, let's kick it up a notch. And with inflation and everything going on, everything comes in fours now, folks. Great to be here, Def- as always. Definitely, definitely. And I did put the the Express uh, basketball court in the background for you, too. Oh, lovely, lovely. We're, so. we're going to pack the house on Friday. It's going to be a good night for the Express, but more on that later. Yeah, uh, how, how the ticket sales, uh, what's the attendance look like for tomorrow night's game? Ticket sales are going pretty well, considering that this is going to be the start of a weekend game. We're, we're going to see a 1,000 people, and if I'm not mistaken... Uh, the government lifted the capacity limits starting on March 1st. The OHL's doing it, and there's no doubt in my mind MBLC is going to do that too. And this is going to be good for Windsor too. And on top of that, Chris, it's Ladies' Night for the Express, one of their one of their theme nights, and it's going to be fantastic. If I'm not mistaken, this is International Women's Month too, so it ties in perfectly with that night as well. And what more can you ask for a Friday night than go to an express game? Okay. Yeah, I was going to ask you the NBL Canada background. Is that a digital background or is that uh something that you got from the league? This, this is real. Ladies and gentlemen, if I can okay. it right there, this is real. Hopefully it doesn't fall on me. I've had that happen before, but no, I'm forever grateful for the league to provide me a banner because on top of that, I also do other stuff for NBLC, for example, co-hosting their, weekly online show which just uploaded episode number one of this season today oh definitely i'll have to check i'll have to check it out uh tonight or uh on friday as well mm-hmm. uh, i was gonna say um i guess covid has affected the February five i guess they had their their, lot, their next two games postponed so hopefully the covid situation won't be too much of a factor with the league Absolutely. This is the first uh, occurrence of this, and hopefully it's the last. And to Coach Elliot Etherington and Tyrell Gums Freighter, uh, hopefully you guys are doing well. Stay well, be well, and hopefully um, 
the Sudbury Five will see you guys back on the bench or on the court at the arena in a couple of days from now. I mean, these guys are strong players and they're strong coaches, and they're still in good hands no matter what. But again, COVID is is not going anywhere soon, but we see that things are getting better, and all we could hope for is this will be the last time we'll have a COVID occurrence in the MBLC and the season can go along swimmingly up until May and June. Yeah, I'm kind of more concerned about the price of gas in Ontario now. It's a dollar sixty. It was a dollar sixty-six before I came on here today, Chris. So trust me. We well, two. You even said two years ago it was about fifty-seven what? nine. It went 57, down to fifty-seven nine. nine, and now it's now one sixty-six point nine. So yeah. inflation is real, folks. And on top of that, um, you're going to have to put in a whole gas worth. We're talking about what almost a hundred dollars for. a whole yeah. thing of gas yep yep and it's getting to the point where uh for me to commute to my job is yeah, i'm losing money going to work so i'm gonna have to like i said um <laughs> i i hope the government uh, eventually steps in on this because it's going to affect a lot of businesses it's even going to affect sports teams because people are going to like hmm do i choose gas or do i choose going to a basketball game Right. Well, it's either that and if things don't, you know, slow down in terms of gas prices in June or July, somewhere around the summer, I'm going to be repairing my bike and I'm going to be riding it. I don't care. I, I like walking, but obviously walking and biking is not an option when I go to the WFCU center. So something's got to give here. And that's all I'm going to say. Def definitely. So um, now what time do you have to get to the arena for tomorrow night's game to be prepared, like for well, being the public or for be doing the online game? Well, same, you know what? Same for the public address announcer. I usually show up two hours before the game. So me, when I do Windsor Express games, I usually arrive at five. Some There are some games where I will make it you know, a half hour before that just to make sure everything's good on the broadcasting side. I usually have my notes prepared two nights in advance before the game. But if the Express play a back-to-back -back game, like a Friday and a Saturday game, um, I go straight home after the game and I edit those stats and make sure they're done in the morning and I just send it to my broadcast partner. Five o'clock is a good time because it, it gives you a chance to become one with the surroundings. But with COVID, you know, there's a lot less to take in because I wanted to do a pregame show, you know, on the floor. We used to do that for years, but, you know, I don't want, you know, to be a risk to the coaches or the players and everybody else so we try to stay away from the court as best as we can yeah. it's a shame hopefully things will get better by near the end of the season so we could do a pre-game show on there yeah. again but it's just a matter of you know getting everything done you know a half hour before you go on and you should know yourself it's very important that you have the preparation you do your homework and see you know what are the scratches and who's signed who's going to play so you got to take all that in consideration when it comes to preparing. And that goes double two for public address announcers. You can't do this on a, on a wing and a prayer and just wing it. You got to practice names and get the pronunciations out of the way. I've actually seen guy, a guy do that. I won't name the league or the team, but he comes in maybe 25, 30 minutes before tip off. And that's it. And I'm like, wow, that's not a lot of time. No, it's not a lot of time. It's always, you always got to have that routine down pat and, you know what, when you get into the swing of things, you could adjust it every now and then when you feel like you're confident enough to go in and, and do it on short time. But I know there are some games, where, like for volleyball, for example, sometimes you may not get the starting lineup until five minutes before you say, 
welcome to such and such for tonight's game. Please rise for the national anthem. And it happens too. It's true. It's basically tradition in volleyball. But for basketball, you have so much time. They may even show you the lineups an hour before the games, if you will. So when it comes to PAing, um, don't wing it. When it comes to broadcasting, don't wing it. You got to go in and you got to know what you're doing because there's a lot of people that think they could do it right out of the gate, but you got to have practice. I'm not going to say you got to have experience because here's the thing. When you do your first game, that's experience. When someone signs you up, that's experience. Okay, it's a matter of building up that experience and building yeah. up your preparation. Yeah, I agree with you, Aaron. But I have some people tell me you're not getting paid for the podcast, but whatever. And I'm like, I'm getting experience. And I said, sometimes that's how in some careers you have to get experience before you can make the money. And and to me, getting the experience doing the podcasting and and doing camera work with Rogers is valuable. And people don't realize that they just look at things. Oh, if you're not getting paid money, it's not worth doing it. Well, you got to start from humble beginnings. I've, I've yeah. heard it from a song before. You, you, we all start from the ground like cinnamon, and you got to know this is your first step, and we're just building to be in that second step. And when you get to that first, second step, you go to a third and a fourth one. And I remember when I first volunteered years ago as a broadcaster, you know, it didn't matter if I got paid or not. I just wanted to get myself out there, I wanted to get my voice out there to the league too because every other broadcaster any other camera person anybody in this league in general they're doing something to help the team and it's also helping themselves too, help them build a resume help them build you know a name for themselves that's the important thing because when you think it's all about the money 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 then you're just losing focus of everything that you know, you're building yourself up to be and why you started in this business. If you have a passion for sports, if you have a passion for anything. You could yeah. be a factory worker. You could be a doctor. As long as you have the passion for it, that's going to keep you driven. 100%. And that's why I like doing this, even though there's sometimes um, I'm exhausted and I want to sleep. Uh, I really enjoy doing the podcast and I just try to work with my guests and be flexible as well. And uh, no, this is something I really enjoy doing and and hopefully this summer I'll be able to, to get into a radio station like yourself and learn more about the industry and, and around a radio station as well. That's my goal, hopefully, this summer. As long as you remain flexible and realize that you can make opportunities for yourself, you, you're going to be just fine, especially in this generation where you got to be a multitasker. Like, I didn't come in thinking okay, I'm going to be a broadcaster and that's going to be the bottom line. No, it's like I realize when you're a broadcaster, you're also a journalist because you're telling people what's going on on the scene. You're telling people what's happening in the game. So when you're a broadcaster, you're a journalist, you're getting things from your point of view and you're getting information on the fly too. So you relay that to the audience. That's the beauty of multitasking. You got to make those opportunities for yourself and realize, hey, I'm doing something for either the public domain or for myself and it's going to it's going to keep you it's going to keep you grounded but in a good way because you realize you know what this is the humble beginnings and you keep on building it if it's a house you're building it brick by brick right it's the foundation of it the passion is what the foundation is all about definitely and i've also taken up blogging uh, lately as well yeah and i saw your blog too it's pretty good and you made one for mblc too and safe to say that the league is off to a good start um i'm sure we'll talk more about that later on in the podcast but rest assured week two of nblc if you would ask me um if we were going to have a season in 2021 
I, I would have said, well, let's let's hold on, let's cross our fingers and see what would happen. But you know, compare this from two years ago up until now, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's still surreal to me. It's amazing that the league is still here. I'm glad the league is here. I'm I'm going to support the league until they say, okay, you know what, that you you did all that you could, you know. You have other opportunity. No, I'm kidding. But in all seriousness, like I love this league and the fact that it survived for 10 years, you know, it it keeps me going, honestly, because this is pretty much my main job and my main opportunity to try to get out there and help everyone else that needs help, too. Definitely. And it was and it was nice enough to get your uh, vice president of basketball operations, oddly, Stevenson on. And he was uh, great to come on. Other than the first few minutes with the audio issue, I think our podcast went really well the other day. Hey, you you know what happens. And you've done so many live shows, 124 going on 125, I'm sure, in a few days. We all learned that when it comes to going live, you got to expect some things to, you know, the breakdown you gotta have that you gotta think of some worst case scenarios but you gotta work your way through it if a microphone goes out you have to improvise either try messaging your guests saying hey like give me a few minutes or if a camera goes out well hey you got a radio only podcast right yeah we always think on our toes and the fact that you know you were able to persevere through the audio problems through everything else it goes to show it's like well you're a professional yourself that's the bottom line because you didn't drop it and give up. You persevered and you still went on with it. Yep. The show's got to go on and, and you just tell people what's going on and then you just try to, you just get through it. The show's got to go on. And I've been, uh, I've learned that from a lot of my guests uh, the past uh, two years. And Eric Smith said, sometimes things don't always go smoothly, even with uh, radio shows and, and, and like, for this industry, sometimes things, uh, technical difficulties happen and you just got to go with it. That's right. And I agree with Eric 100% on that. Like we could think of a picture perfect, you know, sentence or a spiel to say at the pregame show or when a team wins the championship. But, you know, sometimes when we think too much into it, we're going to lose a focus. You got to be in the moment because if you're caught up on things that you think will work out, then it's just going to deteriorate your chances of getting up and up because we as sports broadcasters, we've been taught to think of stuff on the fly and say the stuff on the fly. This this isn't predetermined, okay? Not to break kayfabe or anything. This isn't predetermined. That's a wrestling term for you folks out there. But uh, you got to make sure that your mind is live and yourself is live and you got to become one in the moment. There was one question I forgot to ask, oddly. I did bring up uh, Rogers TV, getting the games on community TV, but I should have also, I forgot to ask him this about what is the league doing to promote its players in the league a little bit more to get more people aware of that the NBL Canada is still here and it's still going strong? Well, you know what? I've been seeing a lot on social media about the content they would make, but on top of that, the local newspapers have been, making plenty of articles and news stories, like, for example, a local CTV or local global or the CBC as well, making news stories for this league. And when you add that with the social media and the occasional TV appearances from the local broadcasting network, it's helping the league grow. And I bet you there are plenty of people in either newspaper outlets or whatnot that thought, 
well, this league is done for because, you know, with the COVID pandemic, it could have been another one of those flies on the wall that fell off the wall and onto the ground. But not MBLC. They've been working feverishly since the pandemic started, since it canceled, you know, games from March 22nd, no, March, uh, March 12th, 2020, up until February 20th of this year. So the league has still been working, been trying to, to work on many ways to make sure they adhere to the uh, guidelines of the government. And they have been doing exceptionally well at the point. And with restrictions going up, you know, the sky is the limit for exposure of the fans and exposure of this league. And that was, that was going to leave my first question. Thoughts on the return of the league after a two-year hiatus due to the pandemic? It's still surreal to me because I, I had to take a moment before we broadcasted last Saturday, and I, I'm wondering, it's like, wait a minute. You know, usually in the last two years, my mind and myself have been at home waiting for this moment. So the fact that I was able to get off the couch, go to the arena and call the game, it was a shock to see fans back into the stands. It was surreal, but I loved it. The fact that the league is back after, let's face it, there's been a lot of naysayers of this league. Despite what they've said, the league never listened to them. They listened to the people that support this league. Not only me, not only you, but the fans and the other dignitaries of this league. They listened with open ears, and they welcomed us back with open arms. So to say the least... I'm happy that this league is back. It's given me a lot of opportunities league-wide and outside the league, too. And you best believe in about five years' time, uh, we're going to be talking about this league's 15th anniversary. That goes without saying. Okay, and that leads to my next question. What was, that, what was it like being on that court or being on the sidelines again as the online play-by-play -play announcer for the Windsor Express uh, Saturday night against the London uh, Lightning? Were you a little bit nervous or were you uh, excited? How, how, how did you uh, deal with that first game in a long time? You know, I never share my thoughts on how I feel or what I say in terms of preparing for a broadcast. I have never done that until now. But to be honest with you, I, I wasn't nervous at all. It was strange to say that, and I've said that to a couple of people. When I do these games, I don't feel no nerves. I don't feel no intensity. I, I'm, I'm excited to go out and you know tell the people what's happening on the court or what to expect in these games. You know, it felt great. It, it still feels weird because of the restrictions and the guidelines we have to adhere to because of COVID, but we've adapted to those guidelines over the last two years. So that, that was nothing to me, but it was great to be back in the arena. You know, the moment I went inside the media booth and prepared for this broadcast, you could feel the excitement, the fans coming in, the teams warming up. Honestly, this is something that we've been waiting for for a long time and, I'm not the only one that was able to bask in it. Trust me. If you watch the game either in person or on MBLC TV, you could see that it was back. I'm glad to be back. I, I'm I'm honored, honestly, because 143 games it will be for me for the MBLC tomorrow night. And the fact that the first game back was against the former team that I used to broadcast in addition with the Windsor Express, well, it's good. It's a 401 rivalry. What more can you ask for than a comeback season starting with one of the hottest rivalries in the MBLC? 
Yeah, and I was going to say, I talked to Oddly about possible expansion, and he, all he could say is they're looking at uh, getting a fifth team. I didn't really get into, uh, are you guys going to continue this arrangement with the uh, TBL uh, next year? I figured they'll do it for this year, and then they'll just see how things go in the 2023 season. Absolutely, and when it comes to the TBL, it, it goes without saying, you know, they've – he, he's nothing but good words for them to partner with the, the league this year. I'm sure oddly told you that David Magley, one of the main figures of the TBL used to be a head coach in the MDLC with the Brampton A's. And then that he evolved from that role to be the commissioner for a couple of years. And it goes to show like connections, connections, folks, it, it'll help you. They'll scratch your back and you scratch theirs and it helps out in a big way because tbl there are a handful of players in the mblc that came from the tbl and the fact that some of them are going to have the opportunity to play against their former league in the next few weeks i bet you they're going to have a good time and show the tbl or the other league vice versa what they're capable of what they've learned from the previous league and what to expect in the weeks and games to come now the rules in that league are similar to uh, the NBL of Canada. Did they did the, the leagues have to make it a, an arrangement how they were going to set up the rules, or are they going to have different rules when they're in the states? Like if a, a Windsor goes to the states, they're going to play that rule, or the are the basically what I'm asking is are the two leagues' rules very similar? Uh, to be honest with you, I'm I'm still trying to watch the TBL games. You know when the NBL seems teams came over but from the looks of it they're pretty similar to it and keep in mind with the mblc players like again adaptability is the most important thing and a most important asset when it comes to going on a team so they shouldn't have any problems if there were some different rules when a tbl team comes from the nba or vice versa overall it's basketball people are trying to win the teams are trying to win and for this season Anytime an NBL team plays against a team from the basketball league, that will affect their record. For the TBL, they're still in exhibition mode last I checked, but they take these games very seriously. So you best believe when it comes to those rules, they're going to pay attention and be very, very keen on them. And I guess the league's going to have 24 regular season games, but when the playoffs occur, it's just going to be the four uh, Canadian franchises uh, playing for the championship. Am I, am I correct on that, or are they going to have the TBL involved with your playoffs? Uh, that's correct. All Ontario teams are going to make the playoffs. The first round, one versus four, two versus three, a best of five. And, you know, I, I never thought I would see a best of five series in any league, again, because I know the fans wanted more. But you know what? When it comes to this league, you know, a fifth game, is going to be just like a seventh game. There's yep. excitement every, you know, in every game you see, especially every game you watch in person. So every game is going to be crucial for all these teams once they go into the postseason. You could add those cliches saying it's the second season and whatnot, but I firmly believe that the regular season ties into the postseason, barring injuries or anything that will cause a player to miss a couple of games, right? And then the finals will be a best of seven series. So 2-2, two, 1-1, two, one, one, and 1, which is the same format the NBA has been using for almost a decade now. So an Ontario team is going to win the NBL championship this year. Um, 
there's no telling who's going to win it because again we're still early into the season give it a few weeks matter of fact give it till the end of the season you'll see how these teams shape out it's going to be an interesting ride to get that championship okay definitely now i'm going to ask you my next question thoughts on your new broadcasting uh, uh broadcasting team or partner in drake Amore? Drake Damore is a guy that I've been trying to get um, since the preparations for this season began. My former broadcast partner, Justin Prince, who has done a hell of a job since I started in 2015, he wasn't able to join me this year. And trust me, it goes without saying he's one of the best young and up and coming broadcasters in Windsor, Ontario. That goes without saying. But for Drake, I, I, I expected that he would have a sports background, and he does. He does a podcast every week called Win City Sports Podcast, and he's interviewed a number, a number of local Windsor players and other players that has played for the Spitfires, the Lancers, the Saints, and the Express. He even had the CEO of the Express, Dardis Willis, on his show two, three weeks ago. So it goes without saying, he brings in a sports pedigree. He's learning on the fly too when it comes to, to basketball and that's what i what i like in a broadcast partner that's w- someone that's willing to learn every day and he brings that to the table and i think he and i like we're going to have a good rapport throughout the season he's a wrestling guy too and i recall that he posted up his broadcasting debut last week and we've had a couple of comments saying we could be the next michael cole and taz and I thought that, you know, that made both of us feel pretty good. So the fact that we're compared to Michael Cole and Taz, I grew up listening to those guys on Friday Night SmackDown. So very happy for that comment and very happy for Drake. And I can't wait to see him at the arena tomorrow because we're, we're going to buckle down and we're going to have a good call. Okay. And that leads to my next question I wanted to ask you. Thoughts on the Express's first two games, and what was the environment like at the WFCU Center uh, Saturday night against London? Well, I thought the first two games was a learning curve for the Express. For example, the Family Day game against Sudbury, we were pretty close. We suffered an injury, of course, in Kareem Canty, who injured his Achilles Um it may it may look like it's going to be a while until we see him on the court again because, let's face it, with the Achilles, it's going to take a little bit of time to recover. But we had Billy White, and these new players, they surprised the daylights out of me. A play, number five, Lance Tejada, and number two, Ja'Kai Taylor. They are one of the strongest dynamic duos in the backcourt for this league. They impressed me. And we got a couple of big guys, too, that are new to this league as well or either new to the team and just been in the league for a long time. So that I thought that game was pretty well. They they should have guarded more efficiently from beyond the arc. For Saturday's game, you know, it was pretty good and pretty close until the second half. There were no stopping the Lightning from three-point land or stopping them off the transition. They were just on fire. The atmosphere Saturday night was terrific. Not only we saw Windsor fans in the stands, but we also saw the Bolts stand uh, fans in the stands as well. And when you have that rivalry, it's always good to see things from both sides of the field, if you will. So every time the Lightning would score, we would hear it from their fans. Every time the Express would score, we would hear it from that side too, albeit a little larger because of home court advantage. We have an 0-2 record. But I, I'm telling you right now, 
you might as well press the reset button right now because tomorrow is going to be a change for the Windsor Express. And I firmly believe that they're going to make this a doozy of a ball game and they could come up with their first win. Okay. And when I was talking to uh, oddly on, um, was it Monday or Tuesday? I think it was Monday. Um, he said there is going to be an all-star game, but it's going to be in Syracuse. Mm-hmm. I forgot to ask him what date and what time that is. You you know what that is? For the all-star it's going, game? Well, last I heard, it's going to be on Easter weekend. You know what? Let me bring this up right now because, once again, folks, there's a life lesson here when it comes to doing live broadcasting. If you got to multitask and do everything you can to make sure it's a good broadcast, but it's supposed to be on Easter weekend. It's going to be in April. We're going to have a three-point contest, the All-Star Game, of course, and a slam dunk contest, which between you and me is going to be better than the slam dunk contest we saw on NBA All-Star Weekend a couple of weeks ago. Yep. And that game will be available online for people that are subscribed to the NBL of Canada online. That's right. It will be available on NBLC TV. TV. And also TBL TV, too. Got to love those mic flags. Oh, yes, I got the All-Star Weekend dates. It is going to be on April 15th and April 16th, so right around Easter weekend. So if the Easter Bunny's kind to you, make sure you check under the basket. There's going to be some tickets for TBL, NBLC, All-Star Weekend, either online or in person if you're in the Syracuse area. Okay, and that leads to my next question. Um, who are, I guess, who are some of the other uh, Windsor Express players to watch out for this season, and maybe on um, on the London Subway and uh, Titan squads as well? Well, let me speak again on Lance Tejada and Jakai Taylor. They're going to be a fearful uh, duo in the guard scene for the Windsor Express. I, I never realized how high Jakai Taylor could jump up until he made a putback jam on Saturday night, and Lance Dejada, he's basically a Swiss Army knife on the court. you got to be a Swiss Army knife on the court when you are in the guard position because you're running the plays, you know the plays, you're making sure you're going through the screens on the pick and roll, and you're just improvising on the spot. On top of that, Billy White, number 23. He's been in the NBLC for a long time. I believe this is his sixth season. He's won two championships. He was the league MVP a season ago. He's made the all-MBLC team pretty much every year that he's been in there. And you it brings that veteran experience to the Windsor Express. So when I heard that the Express picked up Billy White, my mouth was on the ground because I, I had a feeling that they were going to get someone big. And there's no one bigger than Billy White. For Sudbury, Jason Caliste, he is the guard for the Sudbury Five. And anytime he shoots downtown, it's trouble. He used to play for the Moncton Magic before the shutdown, and he was on fire from downtown as well, and another Swiss Army knife that the five are glad to have. So look out for him. For the Kitchener-Waterloo Titans, there is a number of players, but I would look out for Joel Kendrick. Again, another one of those players that has that pedigree. He was named Player of the Week, incidentally, for the mm-hmm. NBLC, and if for those of you that tune into NBLC TV for our game tomorrow, you'll see an interview with Joel Kendrick that was – conducted by Paige McGowan, one of our league correspondents and host, co-host of the MBLC podcast as well. He's a great player. He played for the Halifax Hurricanes before the shutdown, and the fact that Coach Neil Foreman brought him into Kitchener-Waterloo's side of things, they're going to be on for a strong playoff run. And finally, for the London Lightning, there's so many to choose from, but I believe Cameron Forte 
is going to be the guy, not only a brute force on the court, but in the paint, but a brute force to be reckoned with in the MBLC. Because for most people that saw Saturday, he was just taking it to the hole, jump hook this, uh, contesting the, the shot that. He did everything, and he's going to do everything for the Lightning this year in the front court. Okay, and that leads to my next question. Uh, thoughts on uh, the Windsor Express uh, coaching staff for the 2022 season and losing uh, assistant coach Neil Foreman to the KW Titans. How much of a loss is that to the coaching staff? Well, it's not that big of a not that big of a loss. To be honest with you, when I heard that Coach Foreman got the head coaching gig for KW, I, I was more than happy for him because I know he's been around the Windsor scene for so many years and covered basketball in every, you know, in every asset, high school and, and whatnot. And the fact that he's getting his chance to be a head coach is good. I actually interviewed him on MBLC's Instagram page before Christmas time. And he said, you know what? He, he still loves the city of Windsor. He loves the express for giving him the opportunity to be an assistant coach and helping him, you know, get up to this point right now. They're still in good rapport. That goes without saying. When it comes to coaching the Kitchener Waterloo Titans and him getting his first win, you can't be more than proud than for him because this is something that he's been wanting for a long time. This is his shot. And in a couple of weeks' time, we're going to welcome him back with open arms. But when the ball gets tipped, that's a different story because every other team is gunning for the championship. And right now, the standings, I think London's off to a 2-0 start. The Titans are 3-1. and uh, Subray, I believe, is 1-2. And, and Windsor's off to 0-2 so far. You got that right. And Saturday, I believe, is going to be the game of the week when the Titans go into Bud Gardens to face the London Lightning. You see, London took home court advantage away from the Titans on opening day. Can the Titans go into the Budweiser Gardens and return the favor for the London Lightning. We'll see that. Yeah. We may be the only game on the Express and the flight tomorrow night, but I firmly believe we're going to have two games of the week, our game and that game over in London too. Okay. Now, right now you got four teams in Ontario still. There's a talk about a fifth team next year. Is the league's goal to get back to having an eight-team league again, like two divisions of four teams? It, do you think that's in the works? And do you think they will try to go back to the East Coast again as well in the future? Well, there's always hope and there's always plans to either bring teams to a community or expand this league. There, there's always an opportunity. And on top of that, there's no giving up when it comes to this league. We, we talked about how great it was to see the league come back. Uh, this is a comeback season for everybody. So I would expect more teams in the years to come. This is one of those seasons where we got to make sure that we do things simple, but we keep on bringing ourselves up. We keep on building this league up. That's why we have the partnership all-star weekend, the first all-star weekend for NBLC since 2014, I believe. So you got to start right there. And then you see, you know, what worked, what didn't work. And I'm sure that'll be, well evaluated during the off season for the teams. We're not going to be four teams forever. Ladies and gentlemen, we're, we're going to get bigger and bigger as the years go on. I cannot say who are the possible 
you know, cities and I can't mm-hmm. speculate on, you know, how many teams we're going to get. All I could tell you is we're going to keep on building until there is nothing else to be built. Or if we end up being the standard when it comes to this, because again, a lot of people count us out, but here they are now. Definitely. Now, before the pandemic, what was it? I talked to oddly, uh, oddly about this. He said 32 games. So this year they're doing 24. So probably in the future, they'll go back to more of a 32 game schedule, I guess. Absolutely. It, it comes down to, well, to be honest with you, we're the express are going to see the lightning tightening in five, either five or six times. And you want some sort of a variety. So that's why when the league reaches out to, potential cities for an expansion team that's the one thing to take you know into consideration so we don't see the same teams so many times it's happened in the nba in the 70s and 80s when they were building up their teams because there are times where two teams would face each other nine or ten times in the season now i bet you the fans are like are there any other teams in this league right even though the rivalries are intense in the nblc there's always room to add more there's always a chance for someone to get their piece of the pie. And there, there, there's going to be a whole lot of pie to work around with in the next few years when we hopefully add more teams to the dynamic here in NBL. Definitely. Now this leads to my next question. And I brought this up with uh, oddly uh, Stevenson, the VP of basketball operations uh, for the NBL of Canada. And uh, my friend Karen in London loves the league. She's been a supporter since day one in 2011 season ticket holder. She said on opening weekend, she had problems with the games. And, mm-hmm. and I said to Karen, you need to contact the league. Uh, Cause I brought this up to oddly and he goes, anytime a fan contacts us, we try our best to get back to them. Cause obviously there was some bugs uh, with uh, the London uh Windsor game she was trying to watch and I said well you need to contact the league or oddly and he'll get back to you on that as well well I'll I'll just say first off Karen God bless you thank you for being a longtime fan Uh, I used to do remember I used to do the Lightning's home games from 2015 to 2018 and doing the Windsor Express broadcast at the same time so I'm sure that name rings a bell along with Kathy Jessica Angeline Dave and all the other hardcore fans for the London Lightning. But rest assured, when you tune in to either our broadcast tomorrow or the Lightning's home broadcast on Saturday and thereon, there should be no more issues. NBLs worked feverishly throughout the week to iron out all the, all the problems. So it's a matter of clicking and seeing how things go because I believe that all of those problems have been resolved and people won't have any more problems or any other quagmire situations to deal with MBLC TV. We're all good to go on our end, and hopefully all of you could watch it without any seams or any technical glitches thereon after. Okay, and can you just tell uh, the viewers of the audience um, how much it is and how do you uh, go about uh, subscribing to it? And can you also tell my audience about your weekly show about the league? Right. So NBLC TV, I I cannot stress this enough. I love these mic flags, by the way. NBLC TV is a subscription service. If you buy a single game, it's roughly $6. But if you want to buy the package for the complete season, the whole kit and caboodle, it is roughly $40 Canadian. And you'll get everything, not only your team, but all four teams, including the games where your teams play against 
the teams from the basketball league. It's going to be fun. The Dayton flight comes here from the TBL tomorrow, as I as we all mentioned at the top of the show. As far as my co-hosting is concerned, it's NBL Canada this week. I'm back hosting the weekly show for the second year, but an interesting wrinkle. I have a co-host this year, and her name is Karis Matt, and she is phenomenal. One of the finest co-hosts that I have worked with in the years in NBLC. She, she is excited to be a part of the league, too. She brings a lot of insight because she was an athlete herself over at Conestoga. She was a volleyball player, but she knows a lot about basketball. And when you hear our interviews or our report or any segment from NBLC this week, you can feel the excitement and a lot of things that she could bring to the table. I am pleased as punch to have a co-host this year because a season ago, it was just only me. And I had a feeling we were going to work on a co-host. And I'm just glad that you know, there's someone there that could share the excitement alongside with me. And we're going to be the team off the court to provide the fans or any newcomer to this league, a league wide tour of the whole league and the season all season long. And it's a special season too. Cannot stress that enough. So tune in every week on NBLC TV, you get a sneak preview of what our show is all about on YouTube MBLC has uploaded our first episode on YouTube a couple of hours ago. So I invite all of you to tune in and see what this show can be all about. And I do want to plug something else too uh, on MBLC's behalf, if I can. Around the MBLC, their podcast, it is co hosted by Kitchener Waterloo Titans play by play announcer Ian Jodry, who's also been part of the league since day one. He also he did the play by play for the St. John Mill Rats in the first couple of years, and then came back to the league when KW was established in 2016. And Paige McGowan, who was also a former athlete and a tremendous host, she used to play basketball for the Humber Hawks. Pains me to say it because I'm a St. Clair alumni, Chris. That basketball program's phenomenal. But Paige and Ian, they got a good show too in terms of the Around the MLC podcast. So I invite all of you to tune into not only our show, but their show too, because they're going to be interviewing players, coaches, past, present, and perhaps the future. And th- this is a team right here. So we're more than happy. We are honored to be part of the NBLC team. We're honored that our shows are going to be on NBLC TV and some segments on YouTube as well. And for those who aren't able to watch a full episode of either this week or around the NBLC, check out the Windsor Express broadcast during halftime. And you'll see segments of it too. Matter of fact, you'll get a segment of Joel Kendrick uh, speaking with Paige McGowan, Joel Kendrick, Player of the Week, on Friday night. And it's an interesting interview, to say the least. Yes, and Joel did play here in Guelph as well. I saw him mm-hmm. play when he was with uh, the other league, I say Guelph, briefly, and he's a good player. Now I was going to say, what night and time is your show on? Or, or is it just very week to week? It is week to week. The plan is the to have the episodes up every Wednesday because when it comes to the league, they don't start third season. Well, they don't start the week until either Thursday or Friday. And it's rare that we have games on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, right? Unless if it's a special holiday or a school day game, if you will. So expect that in the middle of the week to get you guys started and ready for the upcoming week in the NBL. 
Okay, definitely. And I'm hoping to get some players on eventually as well uh, to come on my podcast as well because it's been great that I've had you on. Neil Foreman has come on and Audley. Audley so I'm uh, hoping that being an affiliate, immediate affiliate of the league that I can get some more uh, uh, players from the teams around the league to come on as well. I was about to say, like, we, we've talked about this. We talked about this off the air for connections and opportunities. Um, you interviewed me three times, now the fourth time. And you got a lot of insight about basketball and the NBLC in general. So I knew the NBLC was going to contact you one way or another because, like, you, you've shown your work. And now NBLC Nation is going to see what you could provide with your podcast and your expertise. And if I'm not mistaken, you participated in one of the post-game shows that's hosted by Vince Williams, another one of those NBLC yes. broadcasters yeah. that's been here for a long time. Yes. Yes, and I, I just had a couple questions off my head, and uh, they were nice enough to answer, answer it. So I really appreciate the opportunity uh, given by this league to give me an opportunity because I'm just trying to – I love doing my podcasting and that, but I'm also trying to expand what I can do, and this league's given me another opportunity as well. And I'm building contacts, and I've actually made a lot of friendships uh, doing this as well. Absolutely. You know, we said at the top of the show – you got to make these opportunities in this world today. It doesn't matter if you are in a sports field or any other general field or a doctor or whatnot, you have to make those opportunities so people could see you. It's different from what they've you know, seen in the past. It's different from what anyone else has seen in the past. And it's going to be different to you because you're taking this opportunity. And even though you may be, you, you may be a little bit nervous, to start but when you see you know your fruits of labor if you will come to fruition and you know go off without a hitch that says something you have potential you have charisma and you have perseverance to make sure that at no matter what cost you're going to get it out there you're going to get your name out there and people are going to know your name in the years weeks and months ahead Definitely. And uh, like I said, um, I, I wish my audience numbers were bigger, but everybody keeps telling me, don't worry about that. Just keep doing good quality shows, getting good guests and, and getting the reps and the experience and building the contacts is huge. And I, I worried about that in my first season, too. When I came in in 2015, I was the youngest broadcaster in the league at the time, 20 years old, two weeks younger than my broadcast partner, mind you. And I'm still the youngest broadcaster in this league today at 26 going on 27 when you when you look at it. And the first thing that I learned about, you know, in terms of, you know, getting my name out there is it's going to take time. Take the criticisms, if you will. Take the positives, too, and accentuate them with the best of your ability. Sometimes criticism could be good. You just got to have a thick skin to take it and realize, look, they're trying to help me out. So I can't just say, oh, I'm going to do this by myself and nobody could stop me. There's a lot of people that had experience before you, before me, before anybody that comes into the scene, you know, green beneath their gills, if you will. But they know what they're talking about. And if we listen to like everybody that wants to help us out, it's going to make us a better us. And they'll get better because they realize like they have the patience and the time to, to help us out. But if it's just anybody that thinks they could do this off the fly, then don't give it don't give it no heed. It's just like a lot of toxicity in social media. You, you, you don't need that because if no. they knew any better, they'd be at our spots right now, Chris. Okay, 
you realize how many people have said, oh, I could do better than this broadcaster. But they don't realize the work that goes behind it, right? There's a lot of work in it, yeah. And I've been lucky too. Jerry Jerry Haworth, uh, the Blue Jays announcer, he's he sent me messages and texts and saying how much I've improved, and that means a lot to me. Having someone like him, a legend, tell me how much I've improved, and that just keeps me motivated. And Eric Smith has helped me too by saying, uh, "Chris, don't." Get away from the scripts. Just talk to your guests like you're talking to me at an arena. And that's what I'm trying to do, Eric. I think I have improved, um, Aaron, in the last uh, six months to a year. And I try to talk to my guests like I am at a, at a, a basketball arena or a hockey arena or outside or whatever and just kind of do it like that. Now, I still write down questions I want to ask my guests so I don't forget. But I just try to ablib more and try to make it a natural conversation. Same here, man. Same here. You know, in the last two years, I felt like I, I lost most of my skills. It, it, like I, I would pin that to brain rust because when you're gone for something for so long, it's like you got to get right back on it. It's like riding a bicycle again, right? So I, I would have some questions written down. I would have some notes written down. You, you can't do all that stuff on the fly. You got to have like some sort of guidance yes. to help you through the broadcast. And I know, like, well, you've been working feverishly on this podcast even since the pandemic uh, has started. So I got to credit you for that. And plus, look at the connections you made. Look at the guests. Dan Shulman, Eric Smith, Jerry Harworth. You even had the voice of the Bulls, Tommy Edwards, on there, too. So awesome. you know, if, that awesome. if that doesn't get you out there, then people really need to people really need to look or take my glasses. Feel free to take my prescription, honestly. Thick, uh, I'm surprised I don't have thick Coke bottle glasses, but the point is, like, don't give up on it because you'd be surprised at how many people come to you instead of you coming to them. Let them chase you. Yes, That's a life lesson. I've had some rejections uh, for other networks so far, but you know what? I'm not taking it personally. Things happen for a reason. So you know what? Maybe they didn't feel I'm 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 ready for their network. That's fine. I just kind of keep making my podcast is good as best as possible and just keep moving forward and don't take anything personal. And that's something I've been learning too. don't take rejection personally, use it as motivation to keep improving. It's kind of hard to take rejection when you have all those key sports broadcasters on your show over the last two years. So you, you got something to grow on each and every day and every episode. Honestly, it helps you out when, when you get that kind of advice. And again, Eric was right. You know, Talk like you're talking to a friend or anybody at yep. the pub or, or whatnot. You know, it makes the broadcast much better. And it shows people it's like, hey, you know, you're loose, but you know your stuff, too. It's like you got a passion and you got the attitude. And that shapes up a podcast or any other sports show or any other thing that you work on, whether if it's at work or off work. And one thing I'm learning too, I had Jack Michaels on from the Oilers last week. He mm. told me he could only come on for 20, 25 minutes. So I basically went through all my questions and highlighted the ones I wanted to ask to him. And I kept them that time. So uh, when somebody asked me 20, 25 minutes, I'm like, that's great. And I, I kind of audible to, to accommodate them. So that way in the future, he's like, hey, I told this guy I could only come on 25 minutes. And he kept me 25 minutes. I wasn't going to keep somebody an hour if they could only talk for 20, 25 minutes. Whatever time my guest can give me, I just work it out. And, and if it's like 20, 25 minutes, like I just said, I just basically highlight the one questions I really want to ask. Mm. And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, 
we consider ourselves lucky to have that opportunity with either a Jack Michaels or a Dan Schulman or, you know, one day maybe either you or me or anybody will have that chance with Vin Scully. But you know what? Only time can tell. Right. So we got to again, we got to improvise and work on the spot. Definitely. Too. Definitely. And I got one last question I wanted to ask you, Aaron. Can you just tell us about your role with CKLW 800 Windsor and what a radio board operator does and how, how, how did you come about that position? Well, you know what? I, I've been trying to work with AM 800 for the last three years, right? So I saw a radio board operator position in the summer of 2019. So I applied for it knowing that I had no experience with radio, like St. Clair, St. Clair College, the, the Mediaplex, they usually do a news radio show, you know, for marks and to get people that kind of experience. So I thought I could go off of that. Um, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't the one chosen for that job. And then AM 800 started posting out these applications for different jobs. It could have been morning anchor or morning show host or radio board operator again. And even though that I had no experience at all, I asked advice from people in a Facebook group that's been in the same situations I have. And I just put my resume out there. I made a mock demo reel showing people, you know, how I would present myself in radio. And they got a glimpse of that. AM 800 saw, you know, my skills of being perseverant, very diligent in terms of that, because I told them I'm not going to give up until I work with you guys, no matter what the job is, like I want to get my foot in the door on radio. And that's an important thing. And then before Christmas, that opportunity came along. One of the, one of the managers at AM 800 messaged me, got an opportunity for you. Will you take it? Absolutely. So I started work at the beginning of the year, right at the beginning of the year, mind you. And it's been great ever since as a radio board operator, you make sure the shows go on the air. There's no dead air. You make sure you time things out perfectly so a show could go in or go out at the perfect time. Uh, there are some days where I would produce the Windsor Spitfires broadcast with your friend Beller, Steve Bell, and Manny Pava for those home games as well. So we make sure they go on the air too. We make sure the commercials are played and everybody is able to hear the good things in terms of what's happening in the Spitfire games or any other programming that we have on there. Because when people hear the word radio board operator, I, I bet I know what they're thinking. It's all about pushing buttons. No, it's not. Timing is everything. You make sure you get work done. Uh, you make sure whoever you're working with that day, either it's a morning show host, afternoon host, or a play-by-play -play broadcaster, they know what's going to happen and what, how much time they have left before they have to throw it to commercial. There's a whole lot to it, and it's an art. And I credit that art to the people that I work with over at AM800 who helped me out on my way. And, you know, believe it or not, five, six shifts later, after my first one, I ended up going solo, and I've been solo ever since. That, that That's what it's all about. So not only working at AM800, I got the Windsor Express working for the MBLC, and the Windsor Lancers, which I, I haven't gotten into detail in terms of public address announcing yet in this episode. I think I've had in recent appearances, but my, my cup runneth over. And honestly, if you would ask me if you're going to be busy for 2022, I would have thought people were like off their mind 
because this pandemic has thrown a lot of curveballs, but I'm glad that curveball ended up being a fastball and I was able to hit one out of the park. Okay, that was that was great. And I was like, like I said, uh, and people don't realize too, um, the behind the scenes, everybody talks about the announcers like Steve Bell and Larry Malott, but you need the guys that do the radio board operators to make a broadcast successful. It's like with Rogers TV. Mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't matter if you're a camera operator or you're the audio IT guy. Everybody has a job to do to make a broadcast successful, and your job is just as important as, as Steve's is announcing the game as well to make a good broadcast. If there was no me or anyone that's supposed to do the Spitz games or make sure everything times out, there would be no station. It would be nothing but dead air. You know, we are a team. I can't take credit to, to, to everything that I do because I always believe it's like my family got me here, first of all. And then my friends and family, you know, helped me get the motivation and the courage to do something out of my comfort zone. And then my connections, they help me get to where I am today. So it's a team effort, no matter how you look at, look at it and no matter how you slice it. Once you, when you have that team mentality, you're going to go far. There, there's no I in team, of course, right? Definitely. And um, I'm going to let you go, Aaron, but uh, just, again, tell us about the Express game tomorrow night and where can my audience find you and the MBL of Canada on social media and websites? Okay, tomorrow night, ladies and gentlemen, the Windsor Express are playing host to their first TBL team of the season, the Dayton Flight. They're from Dayton, Ohio. Of course, it's going to be a nice matchup if I say so myself. And also, if you are in the Windsor area, tickets are still available at windsorexpress.ca or WFCU Center. You go to their website, too. The tickets are still available. And it's also ladies' night, too, which I guess I could read the read what they have in terms of sales right now bear with me ladies night and a ladies night out you could get four tickets for sixty dollars if you purchase four sideline tickets for sixty dollars the promo code the password is ladies all right be so if you're in the windsor area be sure to come on down to the wfcu center and support the windsor express and on ladies night as well you would also catch that game if you are unable to make it to windsor watch it online on MBLC TV. And you could follow me on social media at A Sanders Windsor on Twitter, or you can also follow me on Facebook, also on Instagram at Aaron Sanders.frostfather. You're going to see some of my suits or what I do off of work. Or sometimes if I go to the pie factory, that's right. I I, I like pie. Lemon meringue is my favorite. Okay. Blueberry, blueberry, blueberry. Blue, you know what? Blueberry is a good one too. I think we have a they Riverside Pie has a blueberry pie out for one of their flavors of the month yeah. and for mblc just catch karis map and i on mbl canada this week you can see that on mblc tv as well you could also see the sneak preak of the show with its first episode of the year on youtube right now other than that i will see you guys at the saint dennis center for windsor lancers volleyball or the wfcu center for windsor express basketball in person and i will see you in social media in general not that okay. hard guy to find. All right, Aaron, I'm going to let you go, but I was going to say we both have a busy night tomorrow night. I'll be behind the camera for Rogers TV, and you'll be uh, behind the mic for the uh, Windsor Express. That's going to be awesome, and I'm going to be behind the mic with Drake Damore too, and I think he's going to have a breakout game right behind the mic too. So hopefully that goes well. 
Um, hopefully the storm picks up a couple of wins too. I mean, I'm a Spitfires fan, obviously, but yeah. you know what? If the Guelph Storm could get up there in, in the top four or have a fighting chance, then there's no there's no doubt in my mind we're gonna be talking storm Spitfires down the road. Right. Brad, now they would be playing Windsor in the first round. Windsor's uh, 59 points in fourth. Guelph's uh, in fifth with 55 points. So there's a strong possibility those two teams are going to meet in the first round of the OHL playoffs. There's always something about a four versus five matchup in any sport that is much more that much more close and much more intense than a one eight or a two seven, if if you will. That that's going yeah. to that's going to be fun, and hopefully that ends up coming to fruition. Because I'm still trying to go to a Spitz game. It, I I think they have one more home game against Guelph, if I'm not mistaken. I believe so. Yes, I believe so. Well, I got to get down there soon. A matter of fact, I was at the WFCU Center yesterday setting stuff up for the broadcast. I forgot how chilly. The arena could be once the ice was out because I used to fall. I, I used to be in your shoes volunteering on camera for Kojiko's Spitfire broadcast in 1415. And I forgot uh, you got to double bundle up or else, you know, you, you're going to be frozen. <laughs> Definitely. So, Aaron, I want to say thank you so much for coming on my podcast for a record fourth time. And I'm going to have to get Pat Gregor from the National Lacrosse League to come on a fourth time. I'm, I'm hoping one day to get you guys both on because he is really good at what he does with the Lacrosse League. And you're really good with what you do with the NBC. BL of Canada as well. And it would be nice to have a, a sports podcast with two, two guys like yourselves. Well, I'll be ready for that. And it's an honor and a privilege to be back on here for a fourth time. And hopefully we'll, we'll speak again and hopefully in a couple of weeks or a couple of months come playoff time. Cause the NBLC has just started its 10th season and things are going to heat up in the weeks to come. So I thank you. And I thank the viewers out there for being patient with me. Cause I know I could talk, miles a minute my mom always told me i couldn't keep my mouth shut that's why i'm in this business today but god same bless here. her <laughs> same here same here too i love to talk and i like to learn and ask questions and that as well so uh aaron will definitely be in touch with you on social media and uh well again thank you for coming on uh season three episode 13 and my uh, 124th uh episode of all time always an honor chris thank you and you, you have a good night and have a good night to you all too you too. Thanks, Aaron. We'll be in touch. Have a good night, buddy. Thank you. You too. Thanks a lot. Okay. Anyways, guys, I hope you enjoyed my podcast tonight with Aaron Sanders. He's the online play-by-play -play announcer for the Windsor Express of the NBL of Canada. He's also a radio board operator for CKL 800 in Windsor, and he's also the uh, public address announcer for the Windsor Lancers as well. Before we go, we're just going to show a little bit of highlights uh, from the Windsor-London game. Uh, this video is courtesy of NBL of Canada, and it's just the highlights from the, the London-Windsor game uh, this past Saturday night at the WF. CU Center in Windsor, Ontario. One rivalry matchup of the season. Teams began the day going back and forth. After the Chris Jones missed triple, Jack High Taylor rushed up the court for the slam dunk as part of a five-point burst. London quickly bolted back on the board. Terry Thomas drains the layup. Then, moments later, Jermaine Haley strips the ball away from Marcus Lewis, leading to the fast-break bucket in traffic to tie the game early. London led 1918 after one. Then the lightning ran away. Jones cuts inside for the tough layup. Then 80 seconds later, 
Thomas gets separation to score three of his 19 points. That was part of a 21-6 run. London dominated the rest of the way to win 115-92 the final. That clip was courtesy of the NBL of uh, Canada as well. And the Express play tomorrow night at 7 o'clock against uh, Dayton as well. And uh, you can check out WNW, or sorry, NBL uh, Canada's website as well and, and stuff like that. So, again, I, I appreciate Aaron coming on and talking some hoops. And um, let's see, guys. I'm just going to let you know. Uh, I'm working on some more podcasts for next week. Uh, but as of right now, next live with CDP podcast to be announced hopefully this weekend. I, I do have uh, one or two guests uh, booked for next week. It's just a matter of getting the dates in times as well. So hopefully you'll like those guests as well. I just want to say thank you to everyone watching this live on my YouTube channel. Uh, please subscribe if you haven't. And thank you to those watching on Facebook Live and Twitter. And uh, also, guys, just to let you know, uh, Live with CDP podcast, the audio version is downloaded on the Google Podcast, Anchor FM, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Spotify, CastBox, and LinkedIn. And you can also, guys, follow me on TikTok at Live with CDP. That's at Live with CDP on TikTok as well. And you guys can also email me at cpame19 at gmail.com as well. And uh, let's see, guys. Also let you know, the Gulf Storm um, lost last night to London 4-3 in a shootout. Uh, they're home to playing Owen Sound this Friday night at 7.30 on CJOY and Rogers TV. will be doing camera work. And then Sunday at 4 o'clock, they're home to the Flint Firebirds. The game is not on Rogers TV. It'll only be on CJOY 1460. But I'm looking forward to doing the Storm attack game tomorrow night, helping out with the Rogers TV crew uh, with Steve Fitzsimmons. Ryan Drury and the host Trevor Pryor and the producer Neil White, they all do a great job on the Storm broadcast. And uh, hopefully you guys can tune into the game on Rogers TV at 7.30. And if not, you can listen to it on CJLY 1460 with Larry Malott. And tomorrow night's game will be the Gulf Storm's 2001st regular season game in the OHL since they came in, uh, moved to Guelph from Hamilton in 91-92. So that'll be a regular season game 2001 for the Storm, which is amazing as well. And uh, like I said, guys, uh, I'm just going to finish up here. Um, Justin Prince. Okay, no problem. Uh, that's uh, Aaron. He just sent me a, a message in that, that he had his uh, former broadcasting uh, partner, uh, Justin uh, Prince. He has a new one this year uh, on the broadcast as well. So please, I hope you can check out uh, Aaron and his new bro uh, broadcasting partner, Drake Moore, on the Windsor Express uh, broadcast as well. So anyways, uh, guys, like I said, uh, I'm looking forward to having a great weekend. I hope you guys have a great weekend. And uh, like I said, I will make announce on, um, uh, announcement on my social media pages about when my next live with CDP podcast will be. I am working on one to two uh, more podcasts next week. It's just a matter of getting my guests lined up. So uh, again, I want to say thank you to Aaron Sanders from the uh, MBL of Canada's Windsor Express. And it was great talking hoops with him tonight as well. So um, anyways, guys, I'm going to call it a show. And uh, I hope everybody has a great night and great weekend. And uh, we'll definitely be in touch with you on social media very soon about my next podcast uh, for next week. I'm hoping to get two podcasts in next week. So 
And if anybody out there would like to be a guest on uh, my podcast in March, uh, please send me a, a message on my social media accounts or cpalme19 at gmail.com. Again, I want to say thank you to everyone watching this live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and later listening to my audio podcast. So uh, that's it for uh, Season 3, Episode 13 of Live with CDP. And check out my, uh, I'm going to be doing a blog this weekend. Uh, so I will be posting my blog on my LinkedIn page and all my social media pages as well, as well. So, uh, and we'll maybe hopefully I can uh, get a guest on next week and talk some major league baseball as well as it's looking like major league baseball season isn't going to start up right away or if all in 2022. So, all right, guys. Uh, everybody, thank you so much for watching or listening to live with CDP podcast. We'll see you next week for sure. And we'll be in touch on social media this weekend. Thanks again, everybody. And thank you to Aaron Sanders. Have a good night and have a great weekend, everyone.